Welcome to Girl Power Pod, the podcast to inspire and motivate women to feel empowered to pursue their dreams. In this episode of Girl Power Pod, I met up with Mimi Gilmore Buckley, CEO of Burger Burger, and we talked about her struggles in life, how they made her stronger, her passion for building businesses that serves a great experience, and the importance of hiring the right people to support you on that journey. Take a look. Mimi, thank you so much for taking your time to meet with me today. Um, I know you're really busy and starting to get very pregnant as well, so it's not easy to fit in. So could you maybe please start with um, introducing yourself and tell the listeners a bit about who you are? Um, my name is Mimi Gilmore Buckley these days. Um, I grew up in Auckland and um, spent a few years living in Sydney um, and I've been back in Auckland for eight years now and I guess was very sporty at school, then did a fine arts degree and, um, but have worked in hospitality my whole life. My mother was a very successful uh, hospitality entrepreneur herself and my father was a medical entrepreneur so I guess that's where my entrepreneurial um, skills come from and yeah now um, I guess after launching many businesses the first being when I was 16 um, Burger Burger is almost five years old this year so that's what I do and I guess what I do now is I think they call me boss lady, which means I do a bit of everything. everything. But I think my greatest contribution to this business probably is is the creative kind of lead on it. And that means I oversee kind of the brand and the marketing. I'm a people person, so I'm definitely very um, infatuated with building a culture that I'm proud of. And um, also I oversee all the design of the restaurants and the builds. So you mentioned that your mom has been working in hospitality. So how has that influenced you in your life and in your work? Oh, I'm not, my, I, I mean, my mother was um, very sort of a pioneer, I guess, um, in modernizing what hospitality um, meant commercially in the late 70s and um, early 80s in Auckland. Um, and then again, when I was younger, but I guess really my love for hospitality was from our home. So we always sat down as a family for dinner every night and we were encouraged to use that time to have conversations. Um, and I think that was really binding for my family. And then we did the same with our family, you know, extended family and friends. Our door was often open and, and that's really how my family kind of centred most of our relationships and our lives around. So I guess for me, I, I fell in love with the power of that moment that food did, which was bring people together and stimulate conversations, you know, and there's always a bit of laughter, there's tears, there's a bit of everything, but 
Yeah, I think it's just a really important ritual to protect and cherish. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome and I get to make it my job. What's the greatest lesson you learned from your mom? I honestly think that my work ethic is come from my mother. I mean, I, this sounds harsh and it isn't, isn't meant to in any way, but I think she taught us that the world doesn't owe you anything and if you want it, then you have to work hard and you have to go and get it. And um, I think she instilled in me from a very young age yeah, there was no disillusion about what that would take. So I think for my sister and I, it has hugely contributed to who we are now. And people often say, you know, both such hardworking, you know, women. And I don't see it as hardworking. I mean, I I adore it. I mean, yes, sometimes it is hard. But she, she wrote, had a piece, I had a piece of paper on my wall as a child and it said discipline and persistence. And... I feel like that's ingrained in my brain and it has hugely contributed to my ability to push through, you know, mm. the hard times. and Yeah, discipline is everything, right? Yeah, and take the leap when people say that, you know, tell you it's not going to work, that you just have faith that if you've done the groundwork and you've got the passion that someone's got to do it at some stage. So, yeah. I think that's probably, I mean, there's a lot of things that my mother's given me. She's always felt, made us both feel incredibly loved and that's definitely very empowering. But I think the greatest lesson she learned was my resilience. Yeah. So um, so what is it that gets you out of bed every morning? Oh, what gets me out of bed in the mornings? My baby. <laughs> She's pretty cute. And um, my family. I definitely, I mean... I've always had a zest for life. I'm, I'm I'm a little bit competitive. I'm extremely curious. I've liked to. I mean, I don't like the word busy necessarily, but I'm I'm always interested in learning and growing. So I guess that leads me to throw you know myself into every day, and I guess overarching all of that now is my desire to support and create a life for my family. Mm-hmm and share that with them so yeah family friends and building business that brings all of those wonderful moments into other people's lives mm-hmm. is what makes me happy <laughs> yeah now that's a good recipe not a bad gag so i can tell that you have learned a lot from your mom obviously and she's been influencing you quite a lot in your life yes she's fantastic but what would you um, and you also started a few restaurants along the way. So what would you, what kind of advice would you give to someone that would like to start a restaurant? Where do you start? What would you tell them? Where do you start? <laughs> I actually met a young woman this morning who's starting a business. Um, I think to set to to be really great at anything, you have to start with a passion, you know. Um, and I think. Hospitality is is hard work. It is hard work, and if you were, you know, and half of that you can ignore if you love it because that's what gets you up in the morning. Um, but the hard arm of that, and the one, the sort of, I guess, the piece of advice I give out most is um, understanding the ugly bits that you don't feel comfortable with, and often that comes down to the financials. 
and um, what could go wrong and what will go wrong. Things, I guess the variables that you can't, that are like, you know, often fall out of your control, like people mm-hmm. and um, the cost of food and the fluctuations of the cost of that food over the year, especially in New Zealand. You know, we're not Europe or Australia. We don't have access to food all year round. We are incredibly seasonal. And I think, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately, it's fortunate because our industry is fueled by creativity, but the thing that often trips people up is the actual hard arm of the business, which is the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm always like, great to hear that you've got your idea and your passion and more than often they've got they've got that pretty under control. And then I ask them all the boring questions, which is show me your numbers. <laughs> Have you thought about this? What happens if this goes wrong? You know, because I think if you walk into it head on and understand what those challenges are going to be, then you're much more set up to Mm. survive them than if you're not. So what do you think um, was the success for for Mexico restaurants? Um, I just think Mexico was a really all-immersive experience. So I think it's really transformed people out of their everyday lives into a fantasy world, you know? Like, it was so much colour and noise and smells and it was just this really exhilarating, fun experience that was accessible to a lot of people because it was really affordable. Um, And I think New Zealand hadn't really seen anything like that before. I mean, definitely existed. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the food was delicious, yeah. absolutely. But I think it was more, you know, it was everything. It was... Yeah, it was more the whole concept, something new for New Zealand. Yeah, it was just so transportive, you know. You just walked through those doors and you didn't necessarily feel like you anymore, you know. You were just like suddenly this exotic creature having fun and, you know. And, and yeah, it was just a very fully immersive experience and made people feel good and because it was affordable they could do it all the time um which was awesome yeah it was a really really thrilling and fun business to be part of I had um some really wonderful business partners that I learned a lot from and um a crazy artist man who did all the interiors and taught me a lot about colour and texture and not being afraid of either of them, yeah. um, which was really awesome because it was sort of the first time in a long time that I got back to like that, my real creative roots, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a privilege to be part of that experience. Out of curiosity, why did you leave the business? I left it because the business structure changed mm-hmm. and I found the business structure that I was in challenging so I had um I think by the end of it by the end of it I think I had like five male business partners and look I'm not like work with women work with men I love working with both and I think there's a place for everything but it just um had things had changed and I'm very emotional passionate person and I had I felt like I had lost the ability to have a voice within that. And so I felt like personal values of mine were being challenged. 
and yeah, it just didn't feel like the right place for me anymore at that time in my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they needed me anymore at the way that they were going. So yeah, I get. I actually went to see one of the woman who's been a really amazing advisor to me over the years. She just sort of said like, "Why don't you just go and start something that is you right now?" Um, and I was like, "Oh, didn't even think about that." <laughs> um, and so yeah, the minute she said it, I was like, "Yeah, that's what I'm going to go do." So yeah. Would you say that's one of your strengths to come up with new ideas and new concepts? Yeah, it's probably my great my greatest strength is ideas. Too many ideas, to be honest. So, what's your next idea that you have in mind? <laughs> oh God, um, I'm like that kind of person that's like decided we needed to move house two weeks ago, and I'm going to find a house in the next week and move out. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't actually know. I've got quite a few ideas. I think, to be honest, after Burger Burger, I might go and do something completely different that's a bit more creatively driven. Um, But maybe just, you know, make some jam and hang out with my babies for a while. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Burger Burger is my... my, most of my energy at the moment is just actually more about what does Burger Burger need to be to be, you know, our goal is to be New Zealand's most loved hospitality brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, very similar to Mexico, we have a really broad, huge customer base. And so we have a lot of different types of people that we communicate with. So it's just trying to make sure that we're doing a really good job of that. And we're going into a few different markets this year. So we're going into... Tauranga, so Mount Maunganui, really, and Christchurch. Yeah. So just trying to, yeah, figure out how we can be the burger burger for them, you know. I don't want to be – I guess we try and look at our restaurants as individual sites that go into different types of communities. We can't talk to everybody in the same way, so we're just trying to familiarise ourselves with them right now and figure out how we can be the best version of ourselves for them. Hmm. So I, I have a huge capacity to be creative within Burger Burger too, which is cool. That's good. And I do all the interiors at Taylor. So, yeah. So what skills do you need to be running a business in the hospitality industry? Um, You know what? I think when you think of, I mean, skills can be learnt. I think character mm-hmm. is what you need to survive owning any business. So whether it be hospitality or, you know, I guess it's... Um, you have to have that de- determination and um, you have to be willing to work hard. You have to be able to recognize where your strengths lie and where your weaknesses mm. lie. So that, um, and then you have to be able to be vulnerable enough to ask for help because if you don't, in the areas that you're not strong in, um, they will be the ones that trip you up. And it's really draining when things are daunting and you don't understand them and I think too often people start a business and and you know in businesses there's so many facets of business you know I mean hospitality your food and your brand and your restaurant can feel incredible but if you don't you know manage your stock or have a great team or all those other sort of things then it can just drain the energy out of all the things that you're really good at mm-hmm. um so, yeah, I guess it's 
the ability to be able to assess from the very beginning where your strengths lie, what am I good at, what am I passionate about, because that's where your energy is going to be best spent, and then having the strength to go and ask for help mm. in the areas that you're not. You know, and sometimes, often that's things like numbers or, you know, legal stuff, you know, and the people get put off by the perceived cost of it, and I just find myself saying over and over again, like, the cost of paying that for that advice up front is, you know, it's not just money, it's time and energy, and mm-hmm. you want all your energy and time to be going into the things that you're good at. Yeah, so the one million dollar question, how do you build a strong team? I'm still asking myself that question. No, that's not true. Um, hey, at the end of the day, I think that people are attracted to, you know, to certain types of things. And I think that really needs to start with you being really clear on who you are, what you want that business to represent. And, you know, it's like any relationship. It's a two-way street, as my mother said, you know, like they give to you and you give to them. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to be, yeah. it's, Just because, you know, I mean, yes, we have our personal relationships and then you have business relationship or work, but ultimately people spend 70% of their week working, you know. You have to create a culture that you're proud of and you have to be able to, I mean, my personally, I want them to want to come to work and I want them to walk away feeling like we've contributed something to their life more than just paying them and um we I haven't won that we've made mistakes we still make mistakes and um it's definitely harder as you get bigger you know when you're smaller you can create really intimate teams and because you're you're so um involved with each other on a daily basis it's easy to create the bonds to create a culture at Um, around a value system on scale is, is definitely an interesting challenge. Yeah, right. So it's a lot in the culture of the business. Yeah, I guess it really comes down to just being really, really clear about who you are and what you represent. And I think that's something that you need to revisit regularly. I think it's probably one of my, you know, like the greatest lessons is that you need to revisit that. Well, something that I have noticed when I've been walking into your restaurants and having dinner there or even walking into this office that we're sitting in now, it feels like there's a strong team and that's very connected with each other and probably the value of the business as well and the concept. Yeah, I hope so. Hey, look, as I said, I mean, we definitely do our best as we've grown. It's... um, We've done it better in some, sometimes and not so good in other areas. But, um, yeah, I mean, we do our best. We create opportunities, hopefully, for them to bond. We have like a fat, what we're, because a meal every day available in the restaurants. And for me, that's about giving them an opportunity to sit down and spend some time with each other. Um, it's definitely, you know, like since I've had my daughter and um, it's changed a lot because I, you know, I used to be around a lot more than I am now, um, and that's been a really interesting process for me. It's been, you know, wonderful in one way because I have my daughter, but you know, also quite emotional because I used to know so much more about everybody because I saw them a lot more. So trying to, yeah, connect. Um, but I guess again, it's about attracting great people. So I just, 
try and be a good person that creates an environment people want to be part of and then hopefully that means that we create we attract good leaders and then our leaders are, are good leaders of their people in theory that's that's the plan sounds like a good idea what have been some of the biggest mistakes that you have done in your life and and what did you learn from it yeah i mean the biggest mistakes i've ever made have been financial um and they're incredibly draining like financially draining but also incredibly emotionally draining and probably maybe in the past growing too fast um, and not looking after the people well enough in the process Um, probably one of the bigger mistakes is not getting rid of people that aren't working in your team fast enough mm-hmm. I mean you you if you read a lot of business stuff they say you know hire slow fire fast I think that's something that yeah I mean it's it's an emotional process to go through and I think sometimes you get caught up in the emotional thing you know aspect of it but I think it's just so incredibly important to have that balance within your team and if the balance isn't there it actually you know like one person that's not fitting in can actually take down five that are mm-hmm. and yeah and that's that's affecting the whole business yeah I definitely think it's probably one of the things that I've not been good at mm. so what have you learned from it um I guess for us it's me it's me trying to to get better at the recruitment process and understand mm. more about who they are from the beginning, but also get clarity around the type of person that we're looking for. Like, I think I used to be able to think that I would have a bit of everybody and that they'd be able to, you know, we could not fix everybody, but, you know, like, there'd, there would there'd be a way that anyone could, everyone could fit in. But actually, I think what we've found is there's particularly particular types of people that work best within our team. Mm. And we just need to find those people. Do you mean particular types of people for the hospitality industry? I'm not just in hospitality. I mean, I'm probably speaking more from a head office perspective. You know, it's actually not even a. I mean, it is a skills thing, but it's actually not a skills thing. It's a, it's a personality mm. type, really, um, because yeah, it's all about attitude. Mm. We hire on attitude and train skill. Mm. It's just that's I've just learned that lesson way too many times. It's pretty fascinating. You know, it's yeah, and I think it's like a biggest challenge. Like humans are unpredictable creatures. Probably the hardest to deal with. So how do you handle stress? Do you get easily stressed? I don't know, I don't really I don't really get stressed. I mean, I get emotional sometimes when I'm overwhelmed, but that's very rarely. I definitely think that's probably, like at the moment, for instance, I'm obviously pregnant, so I'm hormonal, which is not helping. Um, I've definitely, over the years, learnt to, that I have I have limitations. They're pretty high limitations. I think everyone's balance is different, but I mean... Um, like exercise is super important for me. I definitely am very aware of how much sleep I need. And um, even though like I'm quite a social creature, I actually need X amount of home time um, and time with 
the people that I'm most closest to, so, um, which is actually quite a small amount of people now. I mean, not in a bad way, I mean, like, my closest family and my closest friends. Time is pretty limited these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess it's just about making sure that I'm staying in check with them. Mm-hmm. I still live a pretty high speed lifestyle, I guess. I mean, but um, one of our nannies that was after our daughter um, is just constantly telling me off <laughs> about not resting and slowing down enough. But um, yeah, I think it's a, a different time in your life. I guess what I've accepted is at this time of our life is for working really hard and we've worked hard to get where we are and we definitely, my husband and I have goals that we want to reach from this experience um but for the first time ever I'm kind of also thinking about having some time off you know in the next two or three years to spend some time with my children which I don't know if I'm ever going to be a full-time mother to be fair um but we'll see I've got this fantasy about staying at home and making chutney and jams and looking after my children at the moment. (laughs) That might be a sign that you're actually working too much. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think we're just going through, you know, I think the thing is that when you grow a business like me, I mean, I'm predominantly like a creative person, I guess, but when you grow businesses, a lot of my time at the moment is looking at budgets and managing people. Um, neither of which are my particular strengths, but I've got a lot better at them because you have to. I mean, I do think at the beginning, when you start a business, yes, we all have strengths. And I said outsource your weaknesses. And I still, I mean, look, I still have people that specialize in areas of my weaknesses, but I am now. I mean, I'm 10, 15 years into business, you know, like I do understand everything now and I oversee everything. So I think at the moment I'm particularly drowning in all of those things. Um, and also, I mean, I think being a mother, I definitely thought I would be better at juggling the mum and business owner thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my daughter's an exception and she had a massive brain injury in womb. And so she actually has cerebral palsy and needs 24 hour care. So our, yeah, her, her needs are are an exception to most children but she's worth it (laughs) so yeah it's definitely I think do you know what to if anything like (laughs) what happened to Olympia and managing that's probably been harder than anything I've had to do in business that must have been a big deal for you becoming a mother and dealing with the stress and worries that I can't even imagine comes with it I mean, while you were pregnant, you were probably having this image of how life would be, and then it turns out to be something totally different that you might even have thought about. How do you how do you cope with that? Um, I just have always been able to tell my. I guess one of the things that keeps me in check with life is don't stress about the things that you can't control. Mm-hmm. Um, and use your energy to, you know, to contribute to the things that you can influence. So that's how I survived. I basically, with Olympia, woke up that one day and said a few things, but I was like, don't compare our situation to anybody else. 
stop worrying about what might happen and use the energy to find solutions, which is what I'm good at through business, really. Mm. Finding solutions of what you can do for her. Um, you know, and I guess and as an extension of that, which is just don't just don't think too far into the future. Just nobody knows what it's going to happen. So deal with today. Yeah, one step in front of the other. Be more in the moment. Yeah, and I guess that's just how I... I think I probably maybe maybe six or seven years ago I had like my first really big business SM, which is um you know and ended up with was that Mexico or another business no not Mexico before Mexico actually um I had businesses in Australia and I just ended up with like a huge amount of debt like four hundred thousand dollars worth of debt I also left my first husband at the same time moved countries um, that was kind of the first big, like, oh, my gosh, I can't breathe um, moment in my life. But I guess I just said that I'm going to be able I, you know, will find a way to pay these people back. I'm going to be honest. It was really hard, but I just had to break it down into smaller bite-sized chunks and work my way through it. Yeah. And every time you go through something like that, you get a little bit more resilient. Yeah. And now, after since Olympia, I think I'm pretty much indestructible. <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess at the end of the day, it's stressing me. Whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed, it's because I'm letting things compile and swirl around in my head. And the way that I cope with it is by compartmentalizing. So I have to break it down into different areas and sections and bite off chunks that I can... You know, start with things that I can manage and then work into things that I can't. Yeah, that's probably a healthier way to look at it. I mean, you've been going through some hard things in life and I'm sure we all do, some more than others and obviously different time, times in your life as well. But yeah, I guess it's really good to break down the to smaller goals or tasks to get to get it more manageable and to feel that you're actually proceeding and getting somewhere. Totally. And I think sometimes, you know, like we always, too often, especially when you're a business owner or you're leading a business, you know, you are the one at the forefront. You are the one making decisions. You are the one that's having to think of the next step or pick up the pieces or, you know, and it's you've got to remind yourself that you can't just, you've got to stop and, look back and actually smell the you know celebrate the successes and smell the roses like take that time otherwise you will get too consumed in the other bits Mm. um and you know and I I also think you know having looked at my daughter now like she I mean she has problem breathing like she's there were days where I was like she's struggling to breathe and I was like my life is nothing compared to that you know and yeah, as long as I have the people that I love and I'm doing the best that I can do, I think that's all you can ask. Yeah, your experience with Olympia has probably given you a whole new perspective in life and what's important. What would you say have been some of the proudest moments in your life? I wouldn't say there's like... Um... I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not going to say there's any particularly like big proud moments. I think the proud moments for me are just when 
I get we get customer feedback that just says I mean I use this example often but like one was like a mother that emailed and said I just had a horrible day I wanted to kill all my children I was so stressed and I came in and my kids was just threw its thick shake on the floor and one of your team just came and picked it up and replaced it and didn't make a big fuss and make me feel like a horrible mother and I really appreciated that and like I guess what makes me super proud of moments like that or when you know I mean I get comments or you know really lovely letters from kids that have you know anyone who's worked for for us and feels that they are walking away with something that um, has set them up for their future yeah I think, you know, I mean, I was really arty at creative at school. I didn't fit into school. I found the whole school thing quite challenging and I was probably quite naughty, to be fair. Um, and I think it's awesome that I'm able to represent, you know, in some ways to young girls the opportunity they, for them to go and find that future for themselves as well, mm-hmm. I think. I definitely felt that a lot of the communication that you got at school was like you, you know, grow up and be a lawyer or, you know, like we just creative industries are not. Yeah, it feels like being creative hasn't really been valued in school. They're just not represented. And I, to, be, to be honest, I, don't, I still don't think they are in our traditional schooling. I mean, I definitely think it's changing. Um, but it's cool that a lot of that – sometimes I think I'm a, I feel like a phony, but I think that um, – a lot, you know, like I get contacted by a lot of women or that said that something that I've done or something that I've said has given them a little, you know, push in that moment to have a bit more faith in themselves and take that leap. And mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. What would you say is the biggest challenge for hospitality industries today and in New Zealand? Um, biggest challenges of hospitality are in New Zealand, definitely food costs, mm-hmm. seasonality stuff you know I mean we have not been considered a professional industry really for a long time Mm. so it's really hard to find we just get treated like a transitional time in a lot of people's lives I mean, especially we sort of sit in that middle to, you know, like category. I think there's a huge amount of, you know, I mean, there are wonderful, you know, I'm not saying even fine dining, but owner-operator restaurants that, you know, have great teams. But, yeah, it's a huge challenge in New Zealand. Um, So you've got to make your numbers stack and... It's something that we are constantly, constantly trying to evolve and change and see if we can do better. Do you think it's important to have great female role models to look up to? Um, I think it's important to have good role models in your life full stop, whether they're male or female. I think it's really up to you. I definitely think as a woman in business, I think you need to definitely have other women Mm. that you speak to because at the end of the day, women and men are different creatures. We just, you know, hormonally we are. And so whether that's in your personal life or business, it's, 
you know, manifest in different ways. And I think, yeah, I think men's ability to compartmentalize makes them stronger in business because they don't, they're often able to separate their personal perspectives from mm-hmm. um, business, whereas women often make emotionally lead decisions in business which can be our greatest strength but also I think can slow us down um that's one particular you know difference I guess that I see over and over again and something that I've had to learn to be get better at I guess and yeah I think it's important to have role models and I think it's good to have a diversity of role models whether that be in skills in areas that you have weaknesses again, mm-hmm. um, whether it's the level of experience versus you, yours. Um, but there's some pretty awesome kick-ass women out there that have given me a lot of amazing advice when I needed it the most. So I'm all for it. How do you think we can empower more women to become leaders? Look, I mean, I think that that conversation needs to start with girls when they're 13 years old. Mm-hmm. The reason that there's more male readers, leaders, to be honest, is because they're more is confidence. One hundred percent, it comes down to confidence. We are way too hard on ourselves. Men are not, yeah. you know, and it gives them strength. Yeah. And so I think we need to find a way to give young women. And when I say young women now, I honestly think that's like from 13 onwards, like they have access to so much now. Mm-hmm. Um, no disillusion from a very young age about having confidence in themselves and what it will take for them to have the freedom to make the choices that they want in their life. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think that's what it comes down to, mm-hmm. is giving yourself a voice mm-hmm. to have freedom. And if you can lead and you can create those opportunities, it gives you more freedom. Mm -hmm. And so that was always for me, it was about earning my own way. It was about creating opportunities, meeting, having the ability to meet new people, which would give me better opportunities, um, which gave me choice. Mm -hmm. And I found that really empowering from a young age. And I think because I had a really, really strong mother and she definitely instilled in us from a very young age that belief in ourselves. And I think, you know, most mothers do. But I think we need to do, we need to openly talk about that in schools from a young age. Yeah, I almost feel like that conversation needs to happen before they go really deep into those teenager years. Yeah. yeah, I think start talking to them at 13, you know, and by the time you're 16, you'll be battling, but hopefully you would have been, you know, further ahead. I mean, we have 16-year-old girls that have worked for us, and the stories and things that I hear are just mind-blowing, you know? Like, the things that they're exposed to and the decisions that they have to make and the sexualization of things is just scary. Um, and you've got to have confidence to push through that. I guess, you know, I'm lucky I, I, or I had that innately is part of my character. I don't know why. I just don't need permission from other people to think that I can try something. And I've honestly been called scary and bossy because of it, which I think is funny. But I'm like, you have to, you know, like you have to be willing to take that on the chin as well. I'm like, so what? I am fucking bossy. If I wasn't, I wouldn't get anywhere. Yeah. So what advice would you give to your 20 year old self? I don't know. I mean, I'm always like, 
I think reading is good. I think read a lot. I think now you have podcasts, you have so much information that is available to you that is free. Mm-hmm. And chasing different perspectives is awesome. I think getting as many opportunities as possible to work or experience environments in areas that interest you with different types of people. And that's why I'm always like, don't ask, don't get, you know, like if you're at school and there's something that you're interested in, go and do some work experience for free when you can, you know, like work, ask, experience, get that diversity, feel it firsthand, make, you know, develop your own opinions, learn, you know, decide what you like and what you don't like. Why don't you like it? Start finding those people that you do admire Mm -hmm. and they will guide you in towards more things that you can learn and more experiences and yeah you've got to go out and get it I think so I guess it's just about making sure that you're always looking at the world from many different perspectives Mm -hmm. don't get too trapped into one way do you have a quote that you live by <laughs> There's a lot of things that I find myself quoting. I mean, one of my biggest pieces of advice that I give to the younger generations is don't ask, don't don't get, you know? I mean, but no, I think I just live by the principle that um if I make sure that, that I am a good person and check in on that regularly and then that'll make me more aware of how I'm treating others and I think that's probably the most important thing mm-hmm. you know like we're just humans at the end of the day mm-hmm. and we're it's what we are what connects the world and what we're all doing everything for so yeah love more eat delicious food <laughs> <laughs> And what advice would you say to your 30-year-old self? Don't sweat the small stuff. (laughs) Um, Just make sure to... My 30-year-old self, I would have probably should have given more energy and time and love into the people, the the strong, the greatest relationships in my life. It's probably the biggest mistake I made at that time. Yeah. Make sure that you know who your people are. And remember that you need to invest in a relationship in order for them to invest in yours. Yeah, I think uh, um, I definitely think it's important to really value those relationships that you have around you. And um, I think that building strong relationships with people that you love and like is what's going to make you happy in the long terms. And, you know, work can always go up and down but the relationships that you have and that you nurture and you look after they are the ones that are gonna support you when shit happens and you're going through tough times but they will also be the people that brings you a lot of joy in your life as well so this is actually my last question but how would you um what does success mean to you success success to me is Waking up every morning and being proud of who you are. I think if you can do that, then that will be reflected in the relationships in your personal life and the way that you are professionally. Yeah. And I guess I should hope that I'm respected professionally 
as I am personally. And then loved after that, you know? <laughs> Wake up every morning and say, are you the best version that, of yourself that you can be today? And if you're not, what do you need to do to make a change? Thank you for listening to Girl Power Pod. My name is Susanne Axelson. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe and please give it a five-star rating. You can also follow Girl Power Pod on Instagram. It would really mean a lot to me to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So please email girlpowerpod at gmail.com. I would love to get your feedback and I respond to every email. In the next episode, we meet up with one of the founders of Frank Stationery, who do beautiful stationery that you can buy on the principle buy one, give one to a school child in need. This is an amazing business idea and Jess from Frank will be sharing her journey that she's been on and her view on entrepreneurship. So we can't wait to share this episode with you all very, very soon. Thank you.